You're listening to We've Got Issues, a conversation with diverse thought leaders across sectors and the media, exploring hot topics and current trends in communications. This podcast is produced by Issues Management Group, an integrated strategic communications, public affairs, and digital firm guiding clients through complex, highly leveraged situations. This world is complicated. It's no surprise. We've got issues. Hi, everyone. I'm TJ Winnick. And I'm Reva Chessis. Welcome to We've Got Issues. You know, Reva, there are very few individuals whose voice is instantly recognizable to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of listeners. However, our guest today, Jordan Rich, the long-running host of his eponymous and overnight WBZ radio show, is one of those special individuals. Today, Jordan still hosts live talk shows and his weekly series of produced features grace the WBZ airwaves. As a nationally recognized voiceover artist, he has recorded thousands of commercials and narrations. Jordan is also the host slash producer of several popular podcasts and has added audiobook narrations to his portfolio. He's the co-owner of Chart Productions, an audio video production company here in Boston, and is active on the public speaking circuit throughout New England. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. It is a real honor. Well, it's not only an honor and a pleasure, but a great reunion. I know both of you, TJ, for many years on air, and uh, Reva and I have worked together, so thanks for the invitation. Ask me anything. I'll answer any questions. All right. Well, Jordan, you are a lifelong audiophile, so we want to know what role you think terrestrial radio plays in today's media landscape. What a great first question. I love taking that on because uh, statistics point out that as many people as ever are still listening to, I'll put quotes around terrestrial radio. Uh, It's just the way we're listening to it. I mean, we're listening to it streaming on uh, devices and on Bluetooth through podcasts, but it's still audio and it's still very much a radio attuned population. So I think the latest statistics show that 94% of the population listen regularly to radio in some form or another, which is pretty good. So I would say radio, no matter how it's delivered, is still a viable medium. Audio is is even more viable than ever with the advent of podcasts and audiobooks and radio plays. Yeah, well let's let's dive a little deeper into how the radio landscape has changed, uh, especially in the last decade with the explosion in the popularity of podcasts because I'm I'm curious if you think that podcasts in some way and, and you sort of have a foot in both worlds has forced terrestrial radio to sort of step up their game. It, absolutely, TJ. That's a perfect observation because I work for a major company. Most people have heard of it, iHeart. And iHeart has become the leading podcast supplier in the world, according to iHeart. And I don't have any reason to doubt them. And what's happened is they've seen the trend. They've seen the fact that uh, people get what they want from TV when they want it. And the content choices are amazing. I just had on my own podcast, On Mike with Jordan, I had a great interview with Peter Smith. Smythe, who some of you in the business will know, very well-respected radio person, ran Greater Media for many years, and he was involved in the uh, advent of the streaming platforms and HD to, to radio, some of the technical advances. And uh, radio has adapted, has, has taken every show that we do is available online after it airs. So it's a library of content, which is exciting. And of course, The idea of doing a podcast, we're doing one right now without needing a radio station, makes it accessible to everyone. And radio has taken advantage, too. We have the equipment. We have the people. So why not supply the uh, the audio? 
imagine it also takes back a little bit of their not being disc jockeys anymore. Podcast kind of fills that voice and you get to hear from those individuals who might have previously been hosting a radio show. They're now just doing an entertainment show, let's say, or a podcast or something like that. Do you feel that that kind of is part of that transition? Reva, absolutely. Uh, I am a fan of a lot of esoteric things. As TJ knows, we're good buddies and we like a lot of the same pop culture stuff. And uh, you can dig deep and just fall into a huge, wonderful rabbit hole. And you'll hear a lot of the people who may not be able to work on a radio band anymore, but certainly have a voice and a viable voice. And then there are all the people who never thought about doing radio at all, but are just brilliant and fun and interesting to listen to. So um, it, it, to me, it's a it's a rich, fertile landscape, uh, and I'm just playing in parts of it and, and loving every minute of it. Yeah, and, and also shifting over to a business mindset, mm-hmm. uh, it really allows people to, you know, you can monetize off of these podcasts as many people do, influencers, et cetera. We mentioned chart productions in the intro where you produce audio for all types of businesses and organizations. So talk a little bit about why podcasts are such a must-have piece of a corporate communication strategy. Wow. I cannot begin to tell you how our business has skyrocketed in the last five years due to the advent of the podcast. And what makes us pretty good at doing this kind of work is our 40 years plus experience in the radio world. A podcast to me is nothing more than a radio show without a frequency on the dial and without a time constraint and without anybody standing over you telling you you've got to, you have to sell commercials. You're absolutely right about monetization. It's a great way to do that. Uh, it's also a very good marketing tool for businesses, organizations, individuals, authors. You have a podcast, you now have an international audience, even throwing it up there for the first two weeks, people who are going to find you and with good marketing, you can build that audience. And most importantly, and this certainly suggests an issue that you guys handle very carefully and very well, it's targeted media. So in other words, I've got people I produce podcasts for that are so supremely targeted uh, that only a small segment of a tiny, tiny population are going to need to want to hear this. That's exactly the group they want to reach. And they do which makes it so targetable and so so much fun. Following up on, on Reva's question about corporate communication strategies and, and using podcasts to help um, achieve an organization's goals, how do you find um, your clients are using podcasts to support their goals? Um, in other words, are they having... Uh, clients on? Are they using it for thought leadership? Can you give us uh, an idea of sort of how a lot of these podcasts go? Absolutely. And you just summed up a couple of the ways and the, the best marketing or should we say networking you can do is to invite anyone that you're interested in getting to know better or getting to do business with or wanting to share info with you. You invite them as a guest, as I'm a guest today of you guys, and it's karma. It's instant magic dust because people are excited about the showbiz aspect, but they're also excited about then sharing that show that'll be recorded for posterity, sharing it everywhere. And that's the cool thing about the podcast explosion. Um, I can interview someone on my show or on a client's show, and then we can put that little podcast mainframe click button on their website, and they'll be attracting people from all over the world as well. And it just makes for good client relations. It's it's an 
it's the modern day version and a much sexier one than the uh, than the blog that we all remember. One thing we're curious to hear from you, your perspective is what are just the typical, I guess, format or ingredients that make a good, successful podcast? Well, uh, there are all kinds of things that can be done creatively with audio, as you know, theater of the mind and all that kind of stuff. But what research has shown, and this is radio research that goes back 30, 40 years when I started in the business, listeners, people who are actively or even passively listening, want to feel comfortable knowing that someone is not talking at them, but talking with them. And it's a conversation. So oftentimes a good interviewer and a good conversationalist mixing it up with the general manager of a company or uh, the head chef of a restaurant, that person will initiate conversation. And what listeners do, and I'm one of them, is we eavesdrop. We eavesdrop totally legal. And we have an opportunity to uh, be part of something that's so human and so magical called conversation. We all know what it was like to not have it during the pandemic. That's one way. The uh, Another way is the short, and I say short because it's tough to listen to anybody for long periods of time, uh, vignette style, pre-scripted uh, memos. Uh, one of my favorites uh, is Mike Rowe, who used to do Dirty Jobs. You may remember that show. And he he's done some beautifully written and beautifully produced pieces, as has uh, another gentleman I know pretty well, Garrison Keeler from Prairie Home Companion Days. His pieces were solo pieces, but they were just delightful. Um, and then you got Joe Rogan, the greatest most successful podcaster of all time, doing three-hour just knockout sessions with one guest uh, with a few tokes of something in between uh, segments. So it, it goes all over the map. But I would say the most successful is the interview style. And that's thankfully, that's what I do pretty well. So I'll have a, an executive from a company who's pretty stiff and doesn't feel comfortable just ad-libbing or not ad-libbing, reading a script. And I'll ask him questions that he or she can answer. And then you have a conversation and you mold that into a into a hopefully successful show. Another thing that's become really popular has been like companion podcasts, things that are following either major trials, things that accompany shows or movies. I mean, how is that kind of fitting into the space? It, it is absolutely fitting into the space. I heard one promo today as I listened to a lot of shows um, and it was for the the old sensei on Cobra Kai. I don't know if you watch that show. Uh, Martin Cove is doing one with his sons and his daughters. And it just sounds adorable. I mean, I love that show. So I mean, it's very specific and very targeted. Um, I'll give you an example, though, of some of the shows we're producing. Some of them are yet to air. They're just about ready to launch. One of them is really interesting, and it's a very unique and special group of people. It's called the Pan Am Blackbirds podcast. Who were the Pan Am Blackbirds? They were the first group of African-American or women of color. I'll use the term of the day stewardesses that Pan Am hired broke the color barrier in the late 60s, early 70s. So uh, there's a lady who's one of these former Pan Am stewardesses who hosts the show and uh, she's terrific. And it's it's about to launch within, a, within the month. And she's been talking with all of these veterans from the Pan Am days, pilots and former stewardesses and so forth. Some of them are now ambassadors and different countries and doctors and lawyers, but that's the kind of thing we're doing. And it's, that would be more of a, a labor of love for this organization to keep people together. But others are, we've got a gentleman from Scotland who is a, a travel expert and he's got a very heavy uh, Scottish accent and uh, we have to work with him a little bit on that. But rather than have him just spout, we ask questions and he and I converse. 
I wear a kilt. He does not. I don't know why, but that's what we do. So <laughs> it can go in any direction, as you can, as you can imagine. Now, your business has always been virtual, correct? I mean, if someone wants to have you produce a podcast, they didn't have to walk into your office. They could call you on the phone or schedule a video call, and then you could either produce the podcast or host it while each of you were in different locations. Or did you have people actually come into the office and sit in the studio with you? How did you, how did you handle it then? And how do you handle it now? Sure. Um, obviously, everything changed a couple of years ago for the world, and we're part of that world. So we uh, used to occasionally, before the pandemic struck, uh, do work with Skype, which has gone away. We don't use that at all. Nobody does. But uh, no, most of the work we did, except for the phone, was done in studio or going out on remote and so forth and doing it. Now, the technology is so wonderful that we can we can work with people in any part of the globe at any time. There are other platforms besides Zoom, of course, uh, one of them being Riverside. There are a lot of them where we can even get better quality if we're doing something rather finesse-like. So yes, to answer your question, uh, I'm an old school guy. You know that, TJ. I like to have people here share a cup of coffee and sit across the mic from people, but eh, it can be done any which way. And I'll tell you a quick Final point on that, you're in the business as long enough time as as I have been. Remember when radio or TV remotes used to string wires and telephone cords, and it would cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Now you plug your phone jack into the, uh, well, not the phone jack, now you, you plug your USB into the uh, router and you're on the air anywhere in the world. It's amazing. But do you tend to hear from, you know, potential clients uh, all over the country or even all over the globe now because it can be done remotely and people recognize just the quality of a Zoom connection and, you know, their own Yeti, you know, mic or, or another uh, reputable brand and, and that you can sound just like the big folks do? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the ease of connecting with people. I do one particular show called, uh, well, it's an organization called Plan of Massachusetts in Rhode Island. And it's it's a very unique organization that deals with family trusts, those with special needs children. And so we have people from all over. I just recently had Anthony Shriver, who runs Special Olympics. He was in Washington, D.C. or someplace like that. And he might as well have been here with me. I mean, the quality was that good. Uh, what we do suggest, I'll throw this tip out for the audience, do have yourself if you're going to be on the receiving end of either as a guest or as a host, make sure you invest a little bit in a decent microphone and good sounding facility, you know, a decent kind of delivery system because people are listening to these things and they want to listen to something that isn't jarring, that isn't cut out, that doesn't have bumps and so forth along the way. So that's where studios like ours come into play when people want to get that extra bump up. That's what we do. So Jordan, last question for you, at least our last scripted question. Uh, you've had uh, a very colorful career. I did read your book on air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio, uh, which was great. And so for our listeners, can we ask you what your most memorable interview was, whether it was the individual or the circumstances surrounding it? That is, I get that asked all the time. And it's a great question because when you've done thousands, literally, I'm not making that up, thousands of, of interviews on the phone, in person, and by Zoom or whatever. I would say, uh, I always point to, for some reason, to the nonagenarians. I had Carl Reiner, the great Carl Reiner, who starred with Mel Brooks and Sid Caesar and was a great director, Dick Van Dyke show, part of my youth. I did two full two-hour episodes with him, 
and I could have talked with him all night. The other is another nonagenarian, strangely enough, uh, one of my heroes, Stan Lee, who created the Marvel Universe. And both of these gentlemen are gone, but they were ageless. And what stands out in both cases is how much fun they were having at their age, conversing with somebody 40 years younger but someone who took an interest. So those two stand out as celebrities, but I'll tell you the truth. Some of the most important interviews to me and important conversations involved uh, doing live radio late night with certain individuals, some of them troubled, some of them hilarious. I can only think of one, and I'll make this quick, it's in the book, a gentleman who was, it's the only time it ever happened, somebody who was sounding very close to being suicidal or thinking about it. And I didn't talk him out of it. All I did was keep him talking. And I got his information, at least his address after that, because I wanted to send him some material and reach out to him. And right after that, this is 4.20 in the morning, TJ and Reva on WBZ, 50,000 watts throughout much of the country. 10 minutes after he hung, hangs up, and we're all hoping he's just going to hang in there, uh, a psychiatric nurse from McLean Hospital who happened to be listening off of her shift calls and says, we'll use the name Joe, Joe, there's hope for you. We can help you. A lot of people can help you, et cetera, et cetera. Flash forward six months, he called another show, another show while I was getting ready for mine and said everything worked out from that phone call six months earlier. That's the most memorable event I think overall, the one that means the most to me. That's amazing. And so special too, because, uh, you know, I was a former broadcaster, we were colleagues and, you know, I really spoke at people. I was reporting the news, but you in your unique and privileged position got to speak with people and, you know, you had a chance to make a difference in that respect. It's probably the greatest learning experience that anyone could have, certainly that I had. I learned how to listen. I learned how to really hear people. And I understood much more about my own inner feelings and the idea that empathy is and should be alive and well. It doesn't mean we have to forgive and forget, but understanding people, where they're coming from, why they do the things they do. Why didn't I go to medical school and become a shrink? That's my biggest (laughs) complaint. I'm, I'm going to return to silliness before before ending this interview and giving you back your, your day with a big question for anyone who delves with any type of audio, video, media, and that is, what do you think of the sound of your own voice? All right. Now, don't take this the wrong way, audience, and especially hosts. I teach voice work. I've been doing it forever, and I have multitude number of students. And one of the first things I say, first thing I say out of the box... I want you to fall in love with your voice. And they all go, huh? What is he, some kind of narcissistic lunatic? No, I want you to fall in love with your voice. Now, that doesn't mean that I walk around saying how brilliant I sound. What it means is you. I appreciate what I can do with my voice. And obviously part of it's genetics, but a lot of it is training. And I say this to anybody, we can all improve the quality of our voice, do more with it, get more from life because of it. So I respect, let me put it that way, uh, what I can do. And I'm always learning new things to do. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's my it's my fortune. It's the only thing I, I tried uh, accounting, uh, nah, CPA, cleaning, pressing and alteration. That's as far as I got. <laughs> no, I'm glad to hear it because we certainly... And listeners love the sound of your voice. So I'm glad that you're not one of those people who cringe and are helping no, helping no. people not cringe themselves. Jordan, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's really been such a pleasure talking to you. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Jordan.
It's been great, guys. I really appreciate being on the other end for a change. And uh, congratulations to you and your new offices. And I wish you the very, very best going forward. Thank you so much. And to our listeners out there, thank you for joining us for We've Got Issues. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on future conversations. And if you've enjoyed this conversation and previous episodes, let us know by leaving a review and following us on social media, issues underscore group on Instagram and at issues underscore group on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. That's it for now. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.